Blog Talk Radio. Another opportunity to to hear what's going on. Another opportunity to discuss 
to use our voices, thus the name, The Right Voice, to talk about what's going on in politics, what's going on in news. And I'm, I'm glad to be to be back. I was away last week. Uh, we did not do the show last week, and so it's good to be back on. And I want to remind the listeners that the call-in number is 646-200-3715. Again, that is 646-200-3715. And I invite you to call in as we progress in the show. If you have a question, if you have a comment, and if you want to join in for a particular segment, please call in. This is a special show. This is our political potpourri table talk show, uh, which we do every every month. The, the last Tuesday of every month, we do this table talk where we just basically sit around the metaphoric table, throw some topics out there, and we just, just relax and shoot the breeze. So if you're going to call in, I, I just ask that you just um, just stay with us on the topic that we're on. And then maybe you just want to kind of pull up a chair and join us as well for a particular for a particular segment. We'd love that. 646-200-3715. And before we dive in, I also want to remind you that The Right Voice is on social media, Twitter and Facebook. Find us on Facebook at The Right Voice Radio. Find us on Twitter at, at The Right Voice One. Facebook, The Right Voice Radio. Twitter, at The Right Voice one. So make sure you get on board there because I don't want you to miss out. So as I said, this is the the monthly political potpourri table talk edition. And usually I have my guest co-host, my friend Christy King on. And unfortunately, Christy has not been feeling well, and uh, and she she got laryngitis, so she she lost her voice, and it's just starting to come back. But I told her, I said, do not call in because the voice is just starting to return, and she really needs to preserve it. So we don't have Christy tonight. However, I do have two guests whom I am uh, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited that that they're joining us. There's um there's a young man. His name is Dylan Schwartz, and he's 18. He's a high school senior, and he's going to be with us. And I also have Anna Taosinga. She's also going to be with us. She is, I'm sure she doesn't mind that I uh, acknowledge that she is a, a Ted Cruz for president supporter. So we're going to, they're going to join us. They're going to be my guest co-host on this table talk, table talk po- political potpourri edition. So welcome, Dylan, and welcome, Anna, to The Right Voice. How are you? Good. Hi, Adrian. Hi. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Anna. So um, I, I want to jump in because, as always, there are so many uh, topics, and, and I want to, to use our time time wisely. So, Dylan, b- before we just jump in fully, I, I'll start with you, Uh I already said that you're you're a young man, you're 18, you're a high school senior, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, thank you. Um, as you say, I'm I'm a high school senior. Um, I'm I'm taking online classes at Liberty University right now, um, and primarily I'm focusing on on music because I'm a musician, and uh, you know I, I do take an interest in politics, and mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on here and kind of get my start. So, 
That's wonderful. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you that you took the time to to join us. Dylan, what um what instruments do you play? Uh, I play guitar, drums, piano, and I and I sing. Wow. Okay. So you just you just do it all. And, and in the meantime, <laughs> uh, in, in your spare time, you find you find a little time for politics. Well, welcome. And um and I want to allow Anna. Now Anna's no stranger to to the show. She has been a guest here before. But Anna, would you? And forgive me if I messed up your, your last name. You know that's a, that's a struggle for me. But would you introduce yourself also? Sure, no problem. Um, first, I want to thank you, Adrian, for inviting me um, to be on the show. And also, hello, Dylan. Uh, nice to meet you. And it's wonderful uh, to have such um, young people uh, like mm-hmm. yourself take interest in the political uh, discourse. I, f- I find that very refreshing. So uh, kudos to you. Um, just a, a little brief um, history about myself. I got into politics um, during the, the 2008 um, campaign cycle. Um, I was more of a Democrat at that point. I, I was um, really not into politics. I identified myself as a as a Democrat. Um, I bought into the whole notion of um, they're for the little people. The Republican is, you know, for the the rich and the powerful. And um, you know, the Democrats are the ones that um, champion the minorities and the, you know. Uh, people who were uh, just trying to make it in life, but because of the evil uh, Republicans, they, you know, just can't catch a break. So <laughs> I was coming from, from that side of the fence. And then um, when uh, Sarah Palin was picked for um, the VP's uh, spot, I was impressed with her, um, with her speech. And, 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 you know, it kind of made me, you know, think like, wow, she sounds like, she sounds like somebody like me. Like I value a lot of the things that she stands for. And mm-hmm. then when the um, the opposition uh, research started digging into her past and and her history, and they started destroying her her family and um, you know just all these things about her, it, it really made me um, take notice and realize I was I was with the wrong party. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. a Democrat. I'm a conservative. Um, and, and so it, it, it just made me grow uh, politically to to know that, you know, you, you don't identify yourself with a party. You you identify yourself with values, and those mm-hmm. values represent who you are. But oftentimes we don't do the, the research to really know what's going on in politics. We just kind of gravitate toward what we hear and, and what we hear other people tell us until right. we really, you know, do the homework. Right. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you would mention um, 2008 because it seems that there that there is a a group of people who really got engaged at that time and uh, really felt like you know I'm not who I thought I was or I exactly. I just you know or I've discovered who I am or, or whatever. So I am I'm, I'm glad that you're engaged now. I was you know I've shared my story many times that I was like I, I just couldn't stand politics at all. But something happened there in 2008 also that really drew me in, and it's been like oh my goodness, it's been a wild ride ever since. But I want to just jump on something that you said. Well, first of all, Dylan, I, if I may ask you, do you identify with a particular party? I would I would consider myself more to have conservative values and and conservative. Uh, you know, thought process, mm-hmm. um, and I would identify more with the Republican Party, but, you know, I, I don't like to tie myself down to a specific party. Right, 
Okay. Now, will this, your 18th, this will be your first experience voting? Correct. Am I, okay. So that's interesting. Well, Anna, Anna mentioned the fact that, you know, kudos to you for being engaged in the process and how wonderful it is to have a young man such as yourself with us. So I want to start with you, Dylan, because what caught my attention and the reason why I wanted to have you on was I saw where you had posted on social media uh, a status that really grabbed me. And so I want you to share that with us. I think it's powerful, and I'd like it to be our beginning here, and I even want to get Anna to jump in on it. So, Dylan, would you read that that post that grabbed me? Yes. Okay. All right. I figure it's about time someone said this. I'm embarrassed, upset, and quite frankly mad at my generation and where this country is headed. Nowadays, we have people expecting something for nothing, pyramid schemes, get-rich programs, and all things of that nature. We have no sense of patriotism, no respect for those who have fought and died for years keeping old glory flying. Most importantly, we have lost God in our nation. I'm sick and tired of men not being men. I'm tired of the political correctness and lack of a backbone in this country. Where did our values go? Where did our morals go? Where did our work ethic go? Where did the idea of traditional marriage go? Where did the satisfaction of a hard day's work go? I look around every day and there's nothing but senseless violence. This isn't the America I know. Where is the American dream? Where is the, quote, get-her-done spirit that this nation was founded on? It irks me that we have lost track of what we came from. It's time we set things straight again. The idea that the old-timey beliefs are outdated and wrong needs to stop. I'm speaking to millennials when I say, get off your lazy butt and quit expecting handouts, and go out and make something of yourselves. No politician is going to give you what you need. Self-entitlement is running rampant in this country. If you want a free college education, work hard and get a scholarship. Save for it, or even better, join the military and earn it. The things you want in life must be earned. Respect must be earned. Right now, there is no respect for any sort of authority. I'm sick and tired of the gender issue. Men be men, women be women. God gave you what you got, and that's what you are. That's how it's meant to be, and that's how it works. The path this country is headed down is not good. We need to get a grip and steer the country back to where it ought to be. If you have a problem with that, like I've said, I don't necessarily care. Now let's make America great again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, wow, that, that's awesome, Dylan. Isn't it, Anna? Thank you. Yes. I, that's, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's I, pretty and impressive it for an 18-year-old. Exactly. I was going to ask you what your initial reaction was to that. What what jumped out at you, Anna, about what Dylan wrote? Well, what what grabbed me was, first of all, uh, Dylan was definitely born in the wrong generation, number one. Um, it's You know, they don't think like that anymore, and, and I'm not trying to lump some every millennial in, in that group, but all you keep hearing is, you know, they want free this, free that, you know, free education, uh, you know, just a free handout, and it's like they demand versus what Dylan is saying, you have to earn it. Um, you know, that used to be the unwritten rule in life is that everything you have, you have to earn. But suddenly there's this change in our culture where um, we're just entitled to everything. And, you know, for someone to tell you that you have to earn something, they're like the enemy. 
You know, mm-hmm. how dare you tell yeah. us we have to earn it? You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to give it to us. Which is which is one of the reasons it seems that uh, Senator Bernie Sanders is so popular among young people because that that message of okay this is free and that's free seems to resonate with young people. And and Dylan, you covered, I mean, in such a short amount of space here, you covered so much patriotism and work ethic and doing well in school and getting the scholarship and the American dream and the gender issue. And I mean, my goodness, it's like you have covered all of it. So I have to ask you what, I mean, and you, you started out with like, you know what, I'm embarrassed, I'm upset. And frankly, I'm mad at my generation. What prompted you, what prompted you to, to write that? Nothing really in particular. It's just been a culmination of all sorts of things that, you know, I keep seeing in the news and I keep seeing on my on my friends' Facebook feeds and stuff like that, the things that they're sharing, the things that they're saying. It's just, it, you know, it, it builds up and it, it starts to kind of make you upset. It's kind of like, where did where did all those, those good values go? And it, they, it seems like they've mm-hmm. been thrown out the window, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anna, you're, you're, are you a mom of young children? Uh, teenagers. They're teenagers. Um, and how do they, I mean, because I don't know, it just, it seems to me like Anna said, Dylan, that this is, you're sort of like out of your, out of your time. Do you find that same interest in your children, Anna, or, or is Dylan just like an anomaly or something? Um, well, you know, Dylan is certainly, um, the minority, um, you know, in, in, in certain, um, certain circles of young people. I mean, there are some incredibly um, intelligent young people. We just don't hear from them. The majority, unfortunately, that we see on social media are, you know, they are rooting for, for somebody like, like Bernie Sanders because, mm-hmm. you know, he comes across as this radical um, free thinker and, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it puts this, puts this new um, attractive spin on socialism to where, you know, right. the, the government is supposed to take care of you and give you all the things that you need in life and want in life, but because of the unfair disadvantage that you have, you're not getting all the free education, you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. the free leg up in life. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of that dichotomy um, where there's a lot of young people who are just kind of misled, but if, if they really did a lot of thinking like Dylan, um, you know, and peel away the, the the layers of what people like Sanders are promising, they'll they'll see that it's just you know delusional. It's right. an empty promise that it's unrealistic. Right. Exactly. Now, I have a background in, in teaching. I taught in the public schools in New York for for over 17 years, and um, you know, I didn't hear a lot of this kind of thing from you know, seventh graders, or uh, even when I started teaching, for, when I started with high school, I didn't hear a lot of that with, with the high school kids. Dylan, are, are your thoughts, thoughts that your friends appreciate? Are you like an outsider or what? <laughs> you know, I've, I've got a few friends that, you know, we, we do have political discussions. I've got friends who are on my side of the scale, and then I have some some acquaintances and friends who, who are on the other side of the scale. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I've, it's, uh, I've got, you know, both really, you know, people that are like-minded and then some that are, you know, they could care less about politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they accept you for who you are. Most of the time. Yes. Uh, I've, I've had some, some, you know, 
people say like I'm too extreme in what I believe and you know I've had people say that the old timey thing is of the past and but for the most part I would say that I'm still accepted mm-hmm. even through my political beliefs. Mhm. Okay. Well, good. Well, that's, that's interesting. So let's let's move it, move on. <clears throat> let's let's move on to to deeper into to politics. Some people are calling this the silly season. I mean, it it has been absolutely a wild, wild ride. And I, and indeed, I, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to ask both of you, and and I and I'll jump in here too, because guys. I just want us to just talk and just be relaxed, and, and, and I want to join in. We do not have to agree with each other at all. We can disagree vehemently, and, and that's cool, too. But I'm just looking for one word or phrase from each of you, really, that you would use to describe this political season, a word or a phrase. Anna, what, what, what would you throw out there? Um, roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It has been a roller coaster ride. I mean, you know, just, just when you think it can't get any – strange or more weird it's mm-hmm. you know it's just it has a life of its own and it's just kind of you know it's kind of like it just you just never know what to expect tomorrow up and down you know, up I mean, and down uh, yeah it's just it's kind of wild it's, it's yeah really so, wild yeah it's a wild ride <laughs> dylan what about you i would say mudslinging i feel like there's mm-hmm. a lot of unnecessary things that are getting brought up in in the race that have nothing to do with with you know being a being a president and i think that you know that's kind of been a common theme among both parties but i would mm-hmm. say mudslinging right yeah and, In, exactly mm-hmm. and i find myself just like say what <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> we, we have wife we have Wife Gate, we have right? national inquirer we have, it's, we have yeah it's pretty wild it is and i'm just like say what i mean I'm just, I'm just absolutely blown away, and uh, I just, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, bring on November because I'm just tired of it. This is the craziest thing <laughs> ever. And and so yeah. I want to dive into this issue about you mentioned Whitegate, and there's the there's this this tension, this fight, I guess you might say, between Donald Trump and 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 Ted Cruz, and and, and it goes like this. Okay, you have the anti-Trump pack. And they posted a picture of Melania Trump, near, nearly naked, that, that she obviously posed for. She's a model, whatever, she posed for it. And, again, there, were, there, there was this fighting going on. Now, now, people blamed Ted Cruz for it, said that it was his, yeah. his pack. You know, um, other people clarified and said it wasn't Ted Cruz. It's an anti-Trump pack, not the same thing. In any case, Donald Trump, because he prides himself on being a, quote, counterpuncher, he threatened to yeah. well, spill the beans on Heidi Cruz. And now, again, Cruz denies having anything to do with it. And then Donald Trump responded with a tweet, a picture of his wife, Melania, alongside Heidi, suggesting, of course, that that his wife was much more attractive than Heidi Cruz. And then we have yes. a story about Cruz being uh, accused of having multiple affairs. I want to play this audio of Cruz's reaction to what Donald Trump did concerning that picture. Okay, I'm going to play this audio, and then I want to get a reaction from from the two of you. Let me be absolutely clear. Our spouses and our children are off balance. It is not acceptable 
for a big, loud New York bully to attack my wife. It's not easy to tick me off. I don't get angry often. But you mess with my wife, you mess with my kids, that'll do it every time. Donald, you're a sniveling coward and leave Heidi the hell alone. And there you have that. Dylan, what's your reaction to that? Well, huh. It's it's interesting. Um, you know, as a I would side more with Trump, but on this I would have to agree with Cruz that, you know, it's just it's unnecessary and I I'd say let's just stick to, you know, our, our main issues and, you know, what we're gonna get done in the presidency because honestly that that's getting us nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you would side more with Trump. Now, are you, and you don't have to answer me, but I'm just curious because I don't know. Are you a Trump supporter? Uh, yes, I am. You are, okay. And what what area would you side with Trump on? Sounds like you believe you know, maybe I, I that. Like, take, yeah, go ahead. I, I, would, I would side with, you know, the fact that he's he's an established business person and, you know, and the fact that he's, you know, he's got the the business know-how and and everything to to run the United States, which essentially is is a big business. And mm-hmm. I like his his foreign policy, you know, and just all the things of that nature. And that that's probably why I would support Trump. Mm-hmm. Which I but would give. Go ahead. I would I would give whoever got the Republican nod. I would vote for them. Mm-hmm. Right, but in this situation with the wives, you you side with Ted Cruz leaving the 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 family out of. Correct. Okay, and Anna, what what are you, what are your thoughts about Cruz's uh, Cruz's reaction to Trump? Well, I think situation. Cruz's reaction. I think his I think his reaction to Trump was uh, was spot on. Um, I, I think it's admirable to see a man um, step, step up to the plate and, and defend his, his wife as he should. And, you know, I think Newt Gingrich um, said it best the other day. He said uh, on the Sean Hannity show, he said um, Trump insulting Heidi Cruz was utterly stupid. Um, all, you know, it, it's, it's like why even, why even go there? Um, it's it just it, he's, he's doing poorly with women voters. And then pulling this stunt, even makes it even more worse. And so, um, you know, not, not a very good political move on Donald Trump's part um, to attack um, Heidi Cruz. Um, she had nothing to do with it. I believe Ted Cruz, when he said he had nothing to do with that super PAC that launched the, um, the uh, you know, the ad uh, with his wife. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Newt said all Trump had to do was say, my wife is a beautiful woman. She used to be a model. She's a lovely lady, and leave it at that. And then if Cruz was responsible, they would have looked stupid, and Trump would have um, looked presidential, and that's what people are looking for. You know, they want him to rise up and start talking and sounding like a president. Mm-hmm. But now we're in like a, what, a third-grade um, mud fest here, and it's just getting worse today with, um, you know, the campaign manager for Trump, um, you know, getting charged with uh, battery with the news reporter. So it, it's kind of like uh, something is going on in the Trump campaign, and it's not good. Mm-hmm. What Dylan? Because you're a Trump supporter, I have to 
I have to ask you, do you not find it troubling at all the way Trump handles himself? I mean, do you find him presidential? I, you know, I don't find him, you know, in the mold of what we can, would consider presidential. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that's okay with that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's a, I feel like it's time for, you know, we're, like like my post said, we're at a point where it's like we need a big change. And I think that someone who kind of steps on some toes a little bit can get things done. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you're, you're fed up with it. Well, you wrote it in your post. You're fed up with the political correctness. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go back to the situation with the wise. You know, is it is it unfair to point out this picture, for example, whoever did it, of Trump's wife? Are the wives really off limits? And, and before you even answer that, either of you, let's go back to the situation where Hillary Clinton loves to play the, the woman card. She loves to play the gender card. And Trump basically said, listen, if you want to play that card, then I'll just call out Bill Clinton and all his mess. And we'll just throw that out there. And once he threw that thread out, it's amazing how things changed. Um, she was right. all of a sudden, kind of, yeah, she was kind of silent all of a sudden about Trump. But you know, there were people who felt like, yeah, it was it's okay to do with Bill Clinton, you know, because you know, is his, you know, Bill Clinton's going to be in the White House again, and you got those young ladies in there, and we don't know if we can trust them or yeah. whatever. And, and so, mm-hmm. is it is it true that wives are off limits, or is that something that we're saying because? You know, because we don't like it on this side. I mean, is it true across the board? Wives and children off limits? Well, I think for sure children um, are, you know, definitely off the limits no matter what, you know, underage children. Um, I think wives, if they have, um, you know, some political affiliation that's questionable or... Or husbands, too. I should say husbands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, spouses. Um, mm-hmm. I think spouses are fair game if they have a past that we as voters need to be aware of or if they have, um, you know, affiliations that are questionable. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's to a certain extent, I think it is fair game because, you know, with the whole um, millennia Trump thing, I mean, we're looking at, um, the you know, the first next first lady and so is it a good example for young girls? Um, you know, I think, I think that's a, a fair question to ask. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. is this somebody we want young women saying, oh, that's, you know, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Uh, and so I think it's, you know, if it was something that she did and that's the past and, you know, and it's not something that she wants to flaunt and say, yeah, I was proud to, you know, uh, post semi-naked, you know, then, I, I, I don't know. I think it's up to the voters to decide if that's the attitude. What kind of attitude does she have uh, now towards, you know, what she's done for a living? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to ask that, not not to, you know, quote, unquote, what is that slut shaming they call it on the, you know, Twitter. I, I don't think that, that we should judge people, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's fair to ask questions because, you know, we have a right as voters to decide who – you know, Trump comes with a wife to the, you know, to the White House, and 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 she will represent America. And so mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to a certain degree to, you know, look at their history and their past and make sure that they are a good role model and a good example for young women. Okay. All right. 
All right, the call-in number is 646-200-3715. If you have a question, if you want to join in the conversation, please do so. Please do so. All right, I, I, want, to, uh, I want to transition to uh, the unfortunate event that, that we just experienced, and that's the Brussels terrorist attack. That's the, the next topic here. Um, and, and our president's reaction, he uh, was in Cuba, and after the terrorist attack, horrific, first of all, people were saying he shouldn't have been in Cuba anyway with the, with the dictator mm-hmm. and these people with enormous human, human rights violations, and yet he's, he's there because, you know, he thinks that he can, you know, make everything, some say, he thinks he can make everything better by, by showing up and shaking hands and, and kissing babies or whatever, and other people say he's delusional. Um, but in any case, after the attack, our president did, he, he made a speech, uh, and he addressed the attack for all of about 51 minutes, I believe, a- after which he went to a baseball game with Raul Castro, and, and then later danced the tango in Argentina, and mm-hmm. uh, he has taken a lot of flack for that, for, for doing the wave at the baseball game and, and yucking it up. And, and then dancing yep. with this woman. So what I want to do is he's he was called on the carpet, okay, and he explained why he went ahead and did this. Curious to know what you think about what he did and what he said. Here it is. The uh, it, it's always a challenge uh, when you have a terrorist attack anywhere in the world, particularly in this age uh, of 24/7 news coverage. You want to re- be respectful and understand the gravity of the situation. Uh, But the whole premise of terrorism is to try to disrupt people's ordinary lives. And one of my uh, most powerful memories and one of my proudest moments as president was watching Boston respond Mm -hmm. after the marathon. And when Ortiz went out and said, uh, probably the only time that America didn't have a problem with somebody person on live TV was when he talked about Boston and how strong it was and that it was not going to be intimidated. And that is the kind of resilience and the kind of strength that we have to continually show in the face of these terrorists. They cannot defeat America. They can't, uh, they don't produce anything. They don't have a message that appeals to the vast majority of Muslims or the vast majority of people around the world. What they can do is scare and, and, and make people afraid and disrupt our daily lives and divide us. And as long as we don't allow that to happen, we're going to be okay. Hmm. Dylan, you heard that, right? Yeah. I did. What, what, what do you think of what he said? I mean, he makes a good point, doesn't he? Yes, I, I believe that he makes a good point. Um, but I still see almost a a lack of... of really care um Mm. i feel like maybe there is a little bit more he could have done like an official you know i feel like he didn't really care about it a whole lot Mm -hmm. okay and it's interesting because i'm listening to that audio and as i'm listening i hear you hear the cheering in the background right Mm -hmm. yeah somebody's hitting the ball and stuff it just seems kind of crazy. Anna, before I ask you to chime in, I, we do have a caller, so I'm going to take this call, and, sure. uh, and then we'll get back to, to our conversation. Hello, caller. Thank you for joining the right voice. Hello. 
Hello? 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 You're on the right voice? Adrian? Yes, you have a comment or a question? Hey, it's Matt Schwartz. Well, hello, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm telling our audience that you're you're Dylan's dad. I'm going to let our audience know. Yes, I am. Well, I'm I'm glad that you joined. Yes, sir. Well, it's good. It's good. Um, I got in town just in time to to catch the beginning of the show, and so I just wanted to – you 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 ask for callers at a very opportune time, in my opinion, because I'm I I'm so all over the um, the lack of um, us being America whenever it comes to um, you know terrorist attacks, whenever it comes mm-hmm. to showing respect for um, people like Nancy Reagan whenever she passed away. And just mm. the entire gambit of what this presidency stands for right now is actually a slap in the face to American patriots like myself that served in the Marine Corps for years. Okay. And um, there's just a, just a huge lack of respect, and um, we really do need to make strides um, to um, change the, the way that the administration is operating. Now your Dylan said yes. Your son, your son said that that he he just sees a complete lack of lack of concern. At, at, you know, but the president. I mean, are we being too too hard on him? Does his point is that terrorists want to change our way of life? They want us to stop business as usual, and so he continued with the baseball game, and I, I guess that's why he danced the tango. So that, that, that people would see that we will not be uh, terrorized, I guess you could say. What do you say to that? Yeah, that, 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 that it, does, it doesn't it – doesn't, it here, here's the thing, is that philosophy is not working. Uh, it's obvious it's not working. We mm-hmm. had more terrorist attacks since the Obama administration took over than any other time in, in national history. So – if if that's the philosophy is is we're going to show them that we're not scared, well then maybe we need to show them something a little bit more strategic other than oh look I can go out and do the tango or I can um, you know watch a baseball game with a uh, with a communist leader. I, I I'm just my my point is is that's not working right now, and we should really look to be putting things in motion and in play that are going to stop the terrorism and if I mean we don't of course we don't want to show them that we're going to be scared or that we're terrorized but what we do have to show them is, is that our military is second to none and they mm-hmm. they can't come on to American soil and, and do these sorts of things and whenever they do it to an ally of the United States they're going to pay a price Mm-hmm. Okay, now, and as a as a, a military man yourself, I, I have to just ask: w- Would you suggest boots on the ground over in the Middle East? No, I actually, um, you know, uh, Ted Cruz took a, a lot of heat for his his. Um, yeah, he made a comment to Bill O'Reilly. I don't know if you all saw that or not, but um, about carpet bombing, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's a term that's. That's widely used, but um, and it sounds like it's complete and utter devastation. But 
what 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 he's saying is 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 that we need to do much more air sorties. I, I'm I'm not in favor of putting American uh, soldiers in harm's way again. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that 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 does anything to really benefit us from the standpoint of going in and knocking out small cells of terrorists. Uh, okay. I think what we have to do is we have to look at a larger approach, and we should put um, we should fly more sortie in 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 that theater. Okay. All right. Well, this is what I want to do, and then I'm going to pull Anna in, in here. I want to play this other audio. You may all, and you can hang with us if if you'd like, uh, Matt. Um, when do you guys remember when James Foley was beheaded by ISIS? And yes. the, the president was on vacation. He came and made the obligatory speech. And do you remember where he went right after the speech? Disney World. What, golfing? <laughs> he went right back to the golf course. He, he was on golf. He went right. He was right back in the golf course, and he took a lot of heat for that. Here we are. This was that that video was released. It was graphic. I didn't watch it. I have a weak stomach. I, I wouldn't watch any of them. But uh, it was. I mean, I think this was the first one that they had released where they actually showed this beheading. And the president got up. He made his speech. He left, and he went to the golf course, and he was under fire for it as he should have been. And so I want to play what he said about doing this. Let's hear, and then, Ann, I want you to chime in on, on all this. I got asked okay. during that vacation, made the statement on Foley, yeah. you went and golfed. Do you, do you want that back? You know, it is always a challenge uh, when uh, you're supposed to be on vacation. Um, because you're followed everywhere, and part of what I'd love is a vacation from yeah, you the, the, the press, and, and, and uh, because um, uh, I promise you, because in two and a half years, yeah, I think that happens. Be, because the possibility of a of a of a, a jarring contrast, given the world's news, is always there's always going to be some tough news uh, somewhere uh, is going to be there. The uh, but there's no doubt that uh, after having talked to the families. Um, where it was hard for me to hold back tears listening to um, the pain that they were going through after the statement uh, that I made uh, that you know I should have anticipated the optics uh, you know that's part of the job and uh, hmm. Anna you, you heard him he talked about optics yeah. he said he should have anticipated that was with James Foley and yet here we are again with Brussels same thing what's your thought about all this well, you know, Adrian, um, let me just, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but when we have the uh, attacking San Bernardino, mm-hmm. how long did it take before Obama finally went to San Bernardino to have a press mm-hmm. conference and mm-hmm. to share with the people the pain and the devastation of what happened? It took public pressure before Obama. I think it took like nine, uh, nine or ten days. He was off to Las Vegas fundraising. Um, mm. and, and so our our president has uh, a track history of showing um, his um, complacency or his lack of urgency when it comes to um, Americans or our allies um, being attacked. I mean, I think I've accepted that about Obama. And so nothing surprises me that um, instead of having a, a press conference or going to um, Brussels, that he would be off, um, you know, just partying it up with the rock stars, uh, communists, et cetera. 
Um, mm. You know, that's Obama. And, and I'm surprised after eight years we haven't learned to accept him for, for who he is. I mean, that's just the guy. I mean, I'm used to it now. Nothing shocks me about you know, wow. his attitude or his lack of, uh, you know, leadership. Uh, and mm-hmm. he continues, when I when I hear him talking again, he continues to make excuses um, using um, don't let the terrorists keep us from, you know, um, leaving our lives and, and so forth. Well, that doesn't solve the problem of terrorism. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I think he downplays it because he doesn't want the international attention on the fact that these terrorists, Islamic terrorists, are out there terrorizing and attacking innocent people because it doesn't fit his worldview of Islam. And Mm. I think once we we understand how Obama is um, so rooted in his belief that Islam really is a a peaceful religion and people like ISIS are just perverting um, Islam and and, and they're out there misrepresenting it, it, um, his job is not to promote that that image of Islam, his job is to, you know, to kind of, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, hold a, the, the image that Islam is peaceful and anything other than that is just a perversion of, you know, of the religion that he wants right. to be, you know, yeah. And so he won't that's even, my he won't, take on it. Right. And his administration won't even utter, ra- you know, uh, radical Islam. No. And, and they, they, they tend yeah. to, they don't have a problem coming out against Christians, but they do, uh, they do have a pro- they don't have a problem, uh, I should say, speaking ill of Christians and wanting to make sure that Christians don't discriminate against uh, innocent Muslims, but they can't, he can't seem to stand up. Um, and we no. just had these attacks in Pakistan where it took, they said, 24 hours for the administration to acknowledge that, that it was Easter Sunday, children were targeted, Christians mm-hmm. were targeted, and it took 24 hours before they would acknowledge that this was a, an attack on Christianity, even though, even though that's what, I mean, that was what was said, that Taliban, the Taliban said that Christians were specifically targeted. So this situation in Cuba, um, not the first thing, San Bernardino, not the first thing. You guys might remember when we had the Paris attack, they had a unity march with Mm -hmm. all these world leaders. The president didn't show up for that. And then the White House acknowledged that they should have sent a higher officials there, and they, and, and still they don't seem to get the message. They don't seem to get the message. And instead he says, hey, we're not, we're not going to um, show them that we're afraid. We're going to take a quick exactly. break. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to pull Dylan back in here as we talk about what do we do going forward. The time is getting away. So speaking of fear, let's take a listen to this, and we'll be right back. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Hmm. Uh, Dylan, you may recall that Donald Trump took a lot of heat when he called for a temporary ban on Muslims into the country. You remember that? I do. Okay. What did you think of that suggestion, first of all? 
personally, I do not have have a issue with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you know, there's a time where you know we don't know what's going on, and until we figure it out, I think mm-hmm. that it's it's justifiable to to not just Muslims, but I would say stop a you know immigration for a, sh- a short amount of time just till we kind of figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you and you, Anna. Um, well, you know, to, to, I, I agreed with the sense that, that we, we do need to have a moratorium on our immigration as far as, um, you know, coming from from certain Muslim countries. I think what mm-hmm. Trump left was his um, specific, being specific. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of just a blank general, you know, don't let all the Muslims um, come in, why not any, you know, Muslims from countries that are, you know, promoting terrorism, um, we will be, you know, sort of just putting a moratorium on that until we figure out who's who, because it is a mess. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so I, I think the problem is you can't just, you know, make a, a general blanket statement as a policy. You, you really need to be specific because it, it is a sensitive issue. And, and there are Muslims who are our allies, and, and, mm-hmm. and we forget that, and we do need to be mindful of that. Okay, now, now Ted Cruz, he has recently called for, after Brussels, for patrolling Muslim neighborhoods, which has been very controversial, controversial as Donald Trump's comments were. Okay, so he has dealt with some backlash. And New York Police Department Commissioner Brad, uh, Bill Bratton uh, had an attitude about it. I mean, the president had something to say about everybody had something to say about it who didn't agree with, with Donald uh, who didn't agree with Ted Cruz and the New York Police Department commissioner had this to say listen to this I would remind the senator he lives in the United States of America <laughs> and the statements he made today is why he's not going to become president of this country because we don't need a president that doesn't respect the values that form the foundation of this country as the mayor mentioned I have over 900 very dedicated officers in this department many of whom do double duty. They serve as active duty members of the U.S. military in combat, something the senator has never seen. So before he starts denigrating any population group, take a close look at who he's denigrating. I take great offense at his characterization of that whole population, particularly with my intimacy with the population in my organization of Muslim officers who are willing to sacrifice their lives in foreign countries and every day step up willing to sacrifice their lives here. So the senator basically, uh, he's really out of line with his comments. So here you have the commissioner, New York, which uh, we know would be a, is a major target for, uh, for terrorism. And he says, not only does he say he disagrees, but he goes on to say, this is why Ted Cruz will never be president. This is not in line with our American values. And, of course, he does talk about the many uh, Muslim officers who, who are law-abiding citizens who are patriots as well. But, you know, he, he says Cruz is out of line. Let's take a look at what he said. Dylan, he says that we need to basically profile, basically patrol Muslim communities so that we can get this thing under control. And many people say that's un-American. And you have Mayor de Blasio in the background, if you see that video, and he's amening and he's nodding his head. And, you know, what do you think? What do you think, Dylan? Is this 
un-American? Are we talking about changing America, who we really are? You know, I, I would have to say this. Now, he is correct in the fact that not all Muslims are radical, and, you know, lump summing mm-hmm. that is could be taken as a little bit, you know, not racist, but some yeah. more in that in that direction. But mm-hmm. I, I would say we need to examine, you know, do some background checks, get some, see what's going on, and then whenever we find people who raise some suspicion, I think that we need to keep tabs on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do you what do you think, Anna? Is this is are we fundamentally transforming America in, in this idea of patrolling Muslim neighborhoods? Uh, I, I think that commissioner's outrage is just ridiculous. Um, mm. I don't care if you're Muslim, black, white, purple. The fact that you want extra security in your neighborhood um, mm. during a time where the threat of terrorism is real and, um, you know, imminent, um, you have to be um, – not very bright, not to think of, of having something like this, like that in place. I think a lot of Muslims uh, would even welcome that. I mean, they're in, in as much danger as everybody else. And yes. if somebody is recruiting, if I was a Muslim mom and somebody was recruiting from my neighborhood, my son or my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, you bet I would want the extra patrolling to keep those um, – those people who go around recruiting the youth and then radicalizing them. I mean, that is a reality that Muslims are being radicalized. Uh, you know, right. whatever that means, you know, they, they, they take them and then they all of a sudden they, you know, uh, they're were once innocent and just, you know, was a normal Muslim. And then now they're, you know, blowing up people and um, don't care. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they put not only Muslims in danger, but everybody else in, is in danger. And for um, the police commissioner to to make this political is crazy. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. anything to do with Muslims. This is about protecting all Americans, uh, mm-hmm. and, and including Muslims. So I think Muslims should just wake up and realize that, you know, in order for you know for them to show more solidarity with us, they really need to stand stand up to their own, um, you know, people and demand that that either they turn over people who are out there uh, recruiting or people at mosques who preach hate or what have you, uh, and we can really root out this um, this radical issue that's really shining a bad light on their community and making people even more suspicious of, of you know, of their neighborhoods. And then let's just look at Europe. You know, some uh, areas in, in Europe, in Paris, in London, they're called no-go zones where Muslims don't allow anybody to come in there. And I right. think for um, America to start heading in that direction. Uh, and it, it, you know, there's a there's a town I forget what it's called, but it's somewhere um, somewhere in the um, I, I want to say Minneapolis. I can't remember the name of the town, but it's already almost a no go zone with you know a Muslim mm. neighborhood, and they don't allow other people to go there. And and this is America. What's un-American is for us to play the political correctness and then endanger the lives of so many people. Yeah, and you, you said know, that too. Um, yeah. The, the, the PC thing. Look at San Bernardino, for example. You know, the families, yeah. you know, and right. the people that saw the, the, the danger signs but kept quiet because they didn't nothing. want to offend anyone right. and they didn't exactly. want to profile. And so. And this is, right. And, then, and again, back to, back to Dylan's post. 
killing us. Now, listen, I don't, I mean, nobody wants to be looked at suspiciously when you've done nothing, nothing wrong. But I think that we have got to recognize that this is serious times and this is a serious threat. And, and we can't just be dancing the tango and doing the wave, okay? We've got to take care yeah, of business. Exactly. And again, I hate to see, you know, innocent people harassed. But what we're doing is, like you said, San Bernardino, where people aren't saying anything because when they open their mouth and say something, then they're called a racist or whatever. And, it, and it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous. Okay. So um, very interesting. There was so much more that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get into, into the whole issue I wrote in my column this week about um, religious freedom under fire. And, and, but we don't, we don't even have time to get into that. I wanted to get into this whole idea of the contested convention, and we don't have time for that either because – I want to actually we I sometimes go into overtime but um but I want to keep it down to to our to our hour or or maybe a couple minutes more but um we like on this show to do to end with either wacky news or happy news and cause there's a lot of wacky I mean actually a lot of the stuff we talk about is wacky all by itself <laughs> this is wacky like <laughs> like what yeah. world are we living in what world are we living in this is like I, like you could wake me up and this is all like a dream. But wacky news or happy news, and so um, I, Dylan, why don't you start? You got some wacky or happy news for us, and which one? Yes, I've got I've got some happy news. Um, it actually comes out of Washington, and um, happy Washington news out of Washington. State. Oh, state. Washington okay. State. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. But anyways, I, I think it's I think this uh, this article is good, especially as what I was talking about earlier with the lack of. A, respect for authority well anyways there is a police officer in washington state that has found a way to connect with with uh younger people and he's actually going out to the skate park with uh some teenagers and and skating with them and uh kind of just you know just being a friend and kind of breaking that mold of all cops are bad and i think that's really good to see especially with you know how how the police force has come under fire recently and i think that's you know just really good thing to see I love that. I love that. Yes. Respect for authority. Yes, we do. Good, happy story from uh, Washington State. (laughs) What about you, Anna? You have something? Well, I have a little bit of both depending on your mood. Um, so uh-huh. I, I read, I read a story today. Um, it's it's a little gadget called a, a brain zapping gadget, promised to make you, uh, turn you into the better you, smarter, stronger, even happier. It's called Think, uh, which is spelled T H Y N C. It was uh-huh. a story posted on the Washington Post. Um, it's like a little uh, low-voltage uh, electrical current um, gadget that you just put um, on your forehead and you okay. zap yourself, and it's supposed to stimulate uh, <laughs> some kind of a brain nerves that um, it, it keeps you in a calming, uh, natural state. And I think we all could use something like that. Um, do you Listen. know how this political cycle is yes. playing out? Send that to the send that to both sides of the aisle. All the candidates need that. They can stay calm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's uh, this yeah, this this was from a um Harvard trained neurobiologist and it's only a hundred and ninety nine dollars and you can just zap yourself anytime you need a little boost. I have to listen, that's that's amazing, but I have to tell you, especially since this has to do with the brain, I have a feeling that when he was a candidate, Ben Carson had that thing and he was asking himself because dude was just 
too calm. I mean, I'm like, show some emotion, man, please. So I think the new right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, uh, and Jeb, yeah, Jeb Bush could have used this, zapped himself some energy too, so that uh, Trump, <laughs> you know. Trump low didn't energy, have to call yeah. him low energy all the time. So, you know, Trump exactly. has, a, has a knack of labeling people with some sort of um, a negative characteristic, and it just yeah. sticks with you, man. Yes, that's right. Lion Ted. Lion Ted. Lion, Lion Ted. Ted. Yes. Little and, Marco. And, oh, poor little Marco, you know. Yes, little Marco and low energy Jeb. And unfortunately, child molester Carson, whom he... Exactly, yeah. Well, my wacky news, actually, I had something I was going to use, but my friend Christy, I mentioned Christy King, was usually a guest co-host once a month. She um, shared this with me, and I thought it was pretty pretty interesting and wacky. A demolition company in Texas demolished the wrong house. Wrong after- house. I saw yes. that. I'm yes. like, they dang. Were relying on Google Maps. It was a Google Maps glitch, and they had to apologize. And so wow. the, the, apparently they mistakenly tore down a duplex. It was supposed it was a duplex at seven six zero one Calypso Drive, and they tore that one down instead of seven six zero one Cousteau Drive, which was a block away. And so my goodness, yeah. Can you imagine you pull up to your house and you're wondering why your house is the only one that suffered? Your house is gone. Yeah. Your house is gone. You talk about wacky. That's just that's just crazy. So I feel bad for those people. But apparently the demolition con- uh, company is going to make it right. I'm not quite sure how you make it right. Christy said, did they not notice like pictures hanging on the wall? And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just flat out wacky. Listen, Dylan and <laughs> yeah, Dylan and Anna, I, I feel like we've been going like 100 miles per hour and I could just do this. Because there's so much more we can talk about. This cannot be the last time we do this. Um, I hope. Yeah, it was guys... a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. And and I have to tell you, Dylan, we're already in we're in overtime. So those of you who are with us, we'll be we'll be out of your way in a, in a couple minutes here. But I wanted to tell you, Dylan, having you, the thought of having you on made me have this idea of actually having a show of young people such as yourself. And really hearing, giving you guys more of an opportunity to to share your perspectives. And so that's coming up in the works. And I hope you'll consider being a part of that show as well. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. Yes. And Anna, thank you also for all uh, your input. And, and I appreciate it so so very much. And we, we just had a the spectrum. We had the youth perspective. We had a little, just a little bit older. Anna, you and I just a little <laughs> bit older than, than he is. And so... It all comes together. We, you know, we may have different perspectives overall, but I, I do believe we all love our country and we want to see us. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah, and it's it's refreshing to hear um, somebody like Dylan share his perspective, and so you know, it, it just brings a lot of balance and a lot of you know yes. fresh ideas. And, and yes. thank you for having me. Absolutely. So thank you both so much. God bless you, and. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll catch up with you another time. Thank you for joining me on the right voice. Keep up the good work. Thank you. No All right. Bye. All right. Good night. So there, there you have it. Um, my guests, Dylan Schwartz and Anna Tausinga, and uh, they are both uh, wonderful and shared uh, their perspectives on a wide range of issues. I love this uh, monthly table talk, political potpourri. Just lay back and. And just just diving into the issues. And so thank you for joining us. We are back on Tuesday, God willing. We will be in April. April is National Poetry Month, by the way. 
I wouldn't know that as a as a English language arts teacher. Uh, and so uh, we will catch you catch you next time. We're going to go out. It's appropriate to go out with just a shortened version uh, version of God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. I think that's appropriate, particularly since we started with Dylan's uh, Dylan's post in which he talked about um, the old glory and, and talked about patriotism. So uh, God bless. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>